0: Hey, welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Mary Ellen, and she has epilepsy and multiple sclerosis, but that doesn't stop her from fulfilling life's yearnings. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. Uh, Just a quick note before we get started with the episode I have with Mary Ellen. Uh, As we started doing the show, uh, it cut off a few minutes into it, uh, so we had to you know, catch back up where we left off at. So if you hear like a cutout, that's just because uh, when me and Mary Ellen were conducting the the show, uh, the signal was lost. So we we pick it right back up where she left it off at and we keep on going and talk about fulfilling life's yearning. So if you notice that, that's what it's for. But other than that, I hope you enjoy the episode and let's get to the show. Hey, what's up everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And today on the show, I have another special guest who goes by the name of Mary Ellen Saganovich, And I am really excited to hear her story and for you to be able to learn from her life and and talk about what is to fulfill life's yearnings. So Mary Ellen, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here, and how are you today?
1: Well, I'm just fine, Blake, and thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity to be on Fulfilling Life's Yearnings with you.
0: That is awesome. So I always like to talk about, you know, uh, you know my guests, the person I'm having on the show and their background, and I just found it, you know, really cool through the email that you sent me um, about your life story. So, if, if you would, could you talk about, you know, who you are um, and and your background and 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 what it is that you do?
1: Okay, well, I am the, I I was an educator. I taught middle school for about thirteen or fourteen years, and I loved it. And right now I'm an author and a speaker. I'm an author of Healing Words, Life Lessons to Inspire, and I teach spirituality and holistic health. And the reason I teach these is because my health has always been so erratic through my life that I've had to learn to, how to take hold of it and approach it with love instead of fear and attempt to heal myself. And it began at the age of six, I was diagnosed with um petmal epilepsy. Hmm. Now at that time it was uh, nineteen fifty eight and epilepsy was thought of as extremely bad. Of course it's not, you know, the best thing to be diagnosed with and you know, people just didn't talk about it. You hid it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was always told by my parents, you know, don't tell anybody, you know, you can't get married, you can't have kids. And I remember thinking, what are they talking about? Right. I went through all of that and I went on and went to college anyway and, um, uh, graduated, um, magna cum laude in education. And I went, I did go on to get married and have a child even though my mother had told me every day that I couldn't do that. Wow. And, uh, I just went on to do things anyway. I, I wasn't being stubborn. Or, well, maybe I was being stubborn, but <laughs> I wasn't trying to be mean. I was just trying to live my life the way I wanted to live it without being told what I, had, what I had to do. I always knew that I had a higher power or a God, an angel guiding me. So I always tried to follow those because my home life, my parents thought a lot and it, there was a lot of, dysfunctionality going on in the home life. So then um, my first husband left, and I was diagnosed a few months later with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd already become a speaker for the National Epilepsy Foundation. I was teaching people what it was and what it wasn't. So when I was diagnosed with MS, I thought, well, okay, I I can deal with it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been a little bit harder than I thought it would. Although I was diagnosed in 1986, so I was fortunate that they didn't have any medication for MS on the market at the time. Okay. So I had to find alternative means for me to be healthy. I was a single parent of a daughter. I was teaching middle school, and I had to be healthy. So I found alternative ways. I found uh, different herbs and vitamins. I exercised Every single day, eight classes I worked out this morning, I'll work out again this afternoon. So people have to take charge of their lives. They have to, they need to go to doctors. And when a doctor, you can't give your power over to a doctor and then blame him because you're not healthy. Mm -hmm. There are other things going on in your life too. And a doctor tells you something, you know, Look at it and think, okay, this is what he said, he's knowledgeable, and be respectful. And if you don't think that doctor's working for you, then another one. I learned this the hard way because my daughter was diagnosed with epilepsy when she was three. Okay. Since I had been told all the time not to have kids because, I mean, I totally broke down. I mean, I just, it was like, to me, the worst, but what you have to understand is that was my fear happening. Wow. And your fears will happen if you don't walk through them. Well, I instead of getting a second opinion, I went out and had my tubes tied, so I couldn't have any more children. Mm. Okay. Later on, in doing some research, I worked with a Dr. Richard Matson up at the Yale uh, New Haven Veterans Clinic. There's a seizure clinic up there. And I worked with him and he later told me that he didn't know who had diagnosed my daughter or why, but she was perfectly healthy child. Wow. And I started at that point to research more into my spirituality and think to myself, okay, I have to take responsibility for running out and doing that. Mm -hmm. I didn't ever think about going back and suing a doctor because they were doing the best they could. Right. You know, I was the one that was buying into that negative picture that was my greatest fear happening and your fears will happen there are only two places we can come from like we can either come from fear or we can come from love and I mean an unconditional love no judgments no motives no assumptions Whenever somebody approaches you with fear, let's say they're yelling at you or whatever, and you yell back, okay, (laughs) fear, and fear is like pouring oil on a fire. Right. If somebody is yelling at you, and you come back with love, and you say, well, I hear what you're saying. I know you're really upset right now. Let's talk about this later. Whatever you need to do, you come back with, you lower your voice, you come back with a loving attitude, Love breaks fear every single time.
0: That's incredible. You know, mm-hmm. That is very really powerful. And going from there, you know what? What would you say? Because I, I love, I love what I'm hearing, and and you're connecting with, you're you know getting more in touch with your spirituality, and and determining in your life that you were going to, you know, find the answers, if you will, and not just take the ones that were given to you. Where and I know you touched on this at the at the very beginning, but where did this this strength come from, the inner strength that, that told you that you could do this even when everyone else was around around you was, you know, doubting? Yeah.
1: I, I laugh because people mm-hmm. ask me that all the time. Yeah. And I absolutely have no idea except for from God above. Mm. And and I'm stubborn as heck. My <laughs> daddy used to, My daddy would say, Mary Ellen, you would beat a dead horse with a stick and tell it to get up. <laughs> and I would, too. And it was interesting researching MS and and spirituality in Louise Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life. And so I looked up multiple sclerosis. And it's related to stubbornness, hard-heartedness. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then in Robert Swink's book, the MS Diet book, which was one of the uh, first books I read on MS, chapter four, talks about the MS personality. Okay. It was like reading about myself. <laughs> so what you have to understand is that God doesn't put these things in your life to hurt you. hmm is in my life for me to learn from it to learn about me so that I can then assist other people with their lives Mm. the epilepsy was in my life not to hurt me although I thought it was for a long time okay it was there so that I could learn hey you do have this strength to conquer this if I hadn't gone through the epilepsy as a child and gotten in touch with that then when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, it might have been an entirely different picture. But these are all stepping stones toward your peace, toward your wholeness, towards you making the right choices and knowing that I teach people that there are no problems. There are simply mm-hmm. perceptions and misperceptions. And to the extent that you see something as a problem, it is simply a misperception. You need to step back and look at it and say, okay, how can I see this differently?" Okay. What do I need to do? Healing Words, Life Lessons to Inspire is a great example of that, the book that I wrote, because I began writing it. My first, my second husband and I now have been married about 17 years. And after mm-hmm. we first were married, we were having, you know, how newlyweds do they have a little tiff or whatever? Well, I didn't want to argue So I sat down, and I took out a legal pad, and I started writing. And the first one I wrote was Anger, which is in the book. Okay. And and I said, I am angry with you. No, I'm angry with myself. And I just started getting all these out. So instead of yelling back at him or speaking back with him or letting that fear rage, I wrote it. And then the love came. And then, you know, after I heard anger, I heard awareness. Then I heard fear. And then I I started writing this book, and I couldn't stop. Wow. My my husband thought I was having a breakdown. He <laughs> did, because, I mean, I know you've seen my picture, and I, but I'm this little blonde thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were driving to Atlanta to go shopping. So all the way in the car driving, I'm writing these little vignettes. And we get to Atlanta, and he goes to work. He comes back. He goes, okay, we can go shopping, which is, you know, like one of my favorite things. And uh, I said, no, I can't go. i got to write. And he goes, you can't go. (laughs) (laughs) And then all the way back home in the car, I kept on writing. And I came home, and I put five legal pads on top of my computer, and this was back in 1999. Okay, and I literally walked away from them. And then I kept coming into that room to clean it or whatever. And I kept looking at those legal pads. And so finally, I sat down and I transposed them into these vignettes. And it it was an interesting journey, because I had a publisher. And right before we were supposed to launch the first book, they went out of business. Oh, wow. And that was back in two thousand, mm-hmm. so I literally put the manuscript on the shelf and we moved to Chattanooga and I said, "Well, God, if you want this book to get out, you're going to have to send me a publisher <laughs> Well, in two thousand and ten, all of a sudden these publishers started contacting me whoa and and literally this one I was about to sign a contract with a different publisher, and I had wanted Tate publishing, who did publish my book. Mm-hmm. They said, well, this is too new age. This is too whatever. And I was like, I said, okay. you know." And then all of a sudden the doorbell rang and there was a contract on my door and it was from Tate. Wow. And so I called the lady back and I said, I think you made a mistake. He said, you didn't want my book. And she was like, oh, I was having a bad day. I'm so sorry. And my computer broke down. See, she was coming. See, people are never upset for the reason they think. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He was having a bad day so i just happened to call at the wrong time so i said okay i really wanted to go with you guys so yeah we took it from there and in 2011 on my birthday february 22nd uh, the book was released
0: oh wow that's fantastic i know I, I really love hearing that because just and what i want to unpack a little bit more is, is talk about that that spiritual connection that you have because Cause you said it and I was like, Oh wow, that's really cool. But I think it might have been missed as well. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about what do you mean when you talk about you have this, 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 uh, this spiritual, uh, spiritual connection to a higher power and, and the things, you know, these, these vignettes just came, you know, out mm-hmm. of you.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, everybody has it, Blake, and what I I call it is my knowings. Mm. If you can see me right now, my hand is going to my core, my stomach area, my knowings, which most people say in their beliefs. Now my hand's going up to my head, to my Mm -hmm. mind. Well, your beliefs are your ego system. Your beliefs always include a doubt, but your knowings are your truth. Your knowings are your connection with your higher power. You will always know what to do if you come from your knowings. Like sometimes I'll give a relationship seminar, and uh, people will tell me, you know, well, I knew walking down the aisle I shouldn't have married her. Well, if you knew that, if your knowings are shouting at you, if that's God shouting at you, okay? I don't care if mom and dad's sitting there. I don't care if the whole thing is paid for. Mm -hmm. You turn around and hit the door. And I don't mean just being nervous. I mean a knowingness that that should not happen. You know, your beliefs always include a doubt. Okay. But your knowings are your truth. Your knowings are your connection. If you know you can beat a diagnosis, then you can beat it. And Now, if you just believe a pill will help you, you might as well not take it. If you know a certain doctor, a certain treatment will help you, go for it. Do it because that's God. That's your higher power. That's the universe. And I say it many different ways because I want people to hear me.
0: Absolutely.
1: Leading you to what you need to do in your life to achieve your life's yearnings.
0: And I think that's incredible too. So just just to recap that, because I think that's just so powerful about what you shared is that the knowing comes comes from our gut, and mm-hmm. that's 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 what you want to lead with exactly. N- not not the head, which is full of beliefs, and where doubt has the ability to mm-hmm. creep in. So in our in our world, or I guess even in our our own personal lives, it seems like there can be that. That, uh, that tendency to be distracted by, by everything around us. And you mentioned this earlier, too, about listening to, to others and how what they're thinking or their own mentality or mindset um, or their doubts because they're basing it off of their beliefs can influence wow. you as a person. What, how do you block that out and, and ignore that noise and be able to connect with, with the knowing?
1: Well, the first step, Blake, is awareness. Okay. Okay? You have to become aware of yourself. Our society teaches us all the wrong things. Your parents aren't – they don't mean to do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. They're doing what they were taught, such as worry. They teach you if you're a good mother, you're going to worry about your kids. Well, if you bring your kids up, right, why should you worry about them? Right. Anytime you worry about anything, does it fix it? Does it make it better? No. You know, So that's a societal teaching that's, in my opinion, incorrect. Okay, But first of all, the first step anybody has to do is to become aware of yourself. Now, the easiest way to do this is through a theory that I call one finger out, three fingers back, meaning that the good you see in others is the good you have inside yourself. And conversely, the things about others that irritate you are God's way of the universe or the universe's way of showing you what you need to work on in yourself. And it's not that they're not doing something that's incorrect. If you see it and you just, it doesn't bother you, fine, that's not in you. But if you see it and the next day you're like, well, I don't know why he got so angry at that or I don't know why she got so jealous about it. Then you have to look at, okay, is anger in me? Is jealousy mm-hmm. in me? Is greed in me? What do I need to learn about that? Okay. Is that the, the parent that you had the most issues with coming back into your life in a different way? Because it's all about learning. It's all about learning about you. Your life is about you. And it should always be about you. And, mm-hmm. and that's not that I'm not saying that you shouldn't give to others. Of course, we should. And I do plenty for others. And everybody should. Because mm-hmm. that the good will come back to you. But the learning part that's one finger out, three, three fingers back. Why does that hook you? Why does that irritate you? And it's either something that you've done before and feel guilty for doing, or it's something that you'd like to give yourself permission to do. But you, Blake, are too good a person to give yourself permission to do it. So you're like, well, why do they get to do it?
0: Okay. Uh, Can you give uh, an example of that?
1: Okay. uh, Let's see. Well, the example that I usually give with people is, let's say a couple's because I do a lot of relationship stuff. Okay. Let's say a guy is on a date with a girl, and he goes to a party. And the girl's over there, and she goes, well, I don't know why that other girl over there is so jealous. I mean, and she just goes on and on about this other girl at the party being jealous. Uh And then she doesn't drop it. The next day, she's talking to you again. Well, could you believe that girl was acting like that at the party? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a clue to you as a guy that. Yeah, she saw a lady being jealous, that's true. And she wouldn't see it so clearly if she wasn't jealous herself.
2: Wow. Huh. Okay.
0: I get that. If that you makes see sense. it, mm-hmm.
1: if you just see somebody being jealous and go, gee, that's too bad, she's <clears> going to ruin her whole night. And you drop it and you go on and have a good night.
2: Mm-hmm. And the
1: next day you have a good day. Then that's not in you. You see the difference?
0: I do. I really do. Yeah, that makes sense. So when people are seeing things uh, in others, it's because Mm -hmm. it's bringing up something that that they're that they have inside of themselves as well.
1: Yeah. If they and and if if it hooks them, Mm -hmm. and what I say, if it hooks like again in your gut and where your knowings are, if it hooks you and you're like, well, I can't believe you know, like in your case, they scheduled with me and then they weren't home or whatever. Because that that's something you would never do to somebody, right? you see what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. So what would be the um, the second the second thing that we would need to do? The first one being awareness, and then just realizing, as you said, would be the mm-hmm. one finger out, three fang- uh, fingers back. Then mm-hmm. what do we go on to from there?
1: Okay. After awareness, you have to address your fears. Okay. Because even biblically, it says, your fears shall come to pass unless you walk through them. Most people, they see a fear in front of them and they try to step around it, kind of like a puddle on the street. Right. Well, then you walk down the street some more and that puddle's there again. And they try to walk around it again. You can't do that. You must walk through your fears. It's just like um, possibly my daughter might not have been diagnosed with epilepsy Mm -hmm. if I hadn't had instilled in me as a child that fear so often. Mm. Because when she was little, I watched her, and I thought, oh, my gosh, is she going to have it? You see what I'm saying? I was just, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then she had these little spells when she was three where she would just – drop to the floor. She wouldn't have a seizure or anything, but she'd just drop and kind of stare. And I thought, Oh, that's it And so I created my own fear to happen. Now right now she's a physician's assistant and she travels all over the world. That's incredible.
2: Wow.
1: You know, and she's she was in Antarctica last year for six months. She was in Yellowstone this past summer and she's just a beautiful
0: person I'm very proud of her that is that is awesome and so just to talk about that one too is so you're saying that when we as you know have something that we're afraid of we kind of we it's like I guess it goes back to like asking it's given whatever that thing is that you're fearing about even though it's something that you want to avoid it will always mm-hmm. come up because you're always thinking about it
1: exactly Yeah, whatever you fear like even with my ms and Mm -hmm. it it is not an easy diagnosis i i will tell anybody that but there have been days when i woke up once and my eyesight was all it wasn't gone but it was Mm -hmm. i had to wear a patch over my eye for like three weeks and it came back i had to do these treatments and so you kind of you get into this fear mode of i didn't i didn't want to go to sleep because i didn't know how i was going to wake up
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so i had to train myself okay approach it with love not that anybody should love having ms truth truthfully right and, and when i approach it with love that breaks the fear and it puts my ms monster back in his cave
0: okay i get that so Doing the things even the things that trouble us, approach it from a a loving from a
1: love mm-hmm. and and I mean an unconditional love. If you go to somebody with you have no judgments, no expectations, no motives. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many times people will give somebody a gift, a wedding gift, birthday gift or whatever, and the ladies will go, Well, you know, she didn't even write me a thank you note for that or uh-huh. a thank you email. Nowadays or whatever. And I'll look at them and I'll say, well, then you shouldn't have given the gift to begin with because see, you had an expectation behind it. You had a motive of, well, I'm going to give them this big gift and they're going to be so thankful to me.
0: Well, Mm -hmm. don't give the gift to begin (laughs) with. No, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Cause I, I I've even encountered, you know, people like that. I guess it, it goes back to again. You were saying that's what what we're taught in society as far as you know, giving something and then ex- uh, having this expectation that that right. something is gonna come back from it. So that's the reason why we gave in the first place. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that's powerful to 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 hear that that change of mindset and thinking. So when we go from you know, again, one was awareness to addressing those fears, um, what would be the third yeah. step? Uh, oh,
1: awareness and fear and the rest of them kind of fall into place, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, cho- your choices, you have to understand your choices. Okay. That there are no problems. There are perceptions and misperceptions and like what you focus on expands, what you think about happens. Okay. But you just can't focus on something. You have to put your energy behind creating it.
2: So what does that mean?
1: What you focus on expands, what you think about happens.
0: Yeah, and putting your energy behind it.
1: Well, it's just like, okay, let's say you're focusing on um, doing a project or writing a book or doing whatever. Okay, Mm -hmm. then think to yourself. Focus on what what you want, Okay, see what you want happening, even write it down, outline it, and put your energies towards creating that. It's just like the healing words, life lessons to inspire. I always knew in my knowings I was supposed to write a book. Okay. I just didn't know what it was about. Right. So I struggled after I taught middle school for about 13, 14 years, whatever. I thought, well, I should write a book about teaching or ed- education, and mm-hmm. I had – The title was The Unknowable Profession because I saw so many teachers who, in my opinion anyway, shouldn't have been in the classroom. Okay. But I struggled with writing that. So when I started writing these vignettes, I didn't have that struggle. They just flowed. And I knew they were flowing from my knowingness inside of me, from my higher power, from – that connection. So I knew then that I was on the right track of what I was supposed to do to, as your show says, fulfill my life's yearnings. Yes. And help getting these words out to people. I want to get these messages out to people because, like right now, anytime you watch the nightly news, what is it? It's fear. So much. You know, watch the nightly news so you can see what place is going to be bombed next. know, you can't live your life that way. Mm, You can't. My heart goes out to the people in in France.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I've been to the Eiffel Tower. I've been to France. Oh, I speak (laughs) on put Oh, see.
0: uh, But you too. I had
1: I heard a Frenchman speaking to his son about the guns and stuff. And he gave the most beautiful explanation to his little boy. He said, you know, we're putting down candles and flowers to keep the guns away, to protect wow. us. Because they were coming from a love point. And that is exactly what everybody needs to do.
0: And that is and so that. Many... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. We're
1: taught. We go into a neighborhood and we start fearing stuff. Oh, this is a bad neighborhood. Well, it's a bad neighborhood if you make it a bad neighborhood. If you think of it as a bad neighborhood. You can't do that you you gotta live your life if we just all be at peace and mm-hmm. come from love and know that only love is real, nothing unreal exists. herein lies the peace of God, and herein lies the peace of all mankind
0: and I love that you say that and that and that has to deal a lot with you know what you do. Now, when you're fulfilling your life's yearnings, is is holistic healing? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Or and what? Is, and what exactly yeah. does a holistic healer do?
1: Well, I have clients that come to my home. I work out out of my home. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm not a counselor. I have them sign a form that they know I'm simply an educator. Mm. And uh, the session can be one hour, two hours, or whatever. And the fee is fifty dollars. And I tell them that if they don't learn anything at the end then don't pay me it's mm-hmm. real simple and everybody's happy so I teach them these what I call attitudinal principles that I've been talking with you on the phone about okay I I teach them and I get have exercises that they can do with their spouse or by themselves or whatever to teach them to get on a peaceful path to teach them to get into their knowings and out of their beliefs, to teach them to get into their awareness, to teach them to see themselves correctly. You know, so many of us, and for such a long time in my life too, I didn't see myself correctly. Okay. I had been brought up with such a low self-esteem as a child, and my mother used to tell me, well, at least you don't look like you have it. I used mm-hmm. to wonder what people with epilepsy looked like if I didn't look like it. Right. Right. You know, because you're taught these things and, and parents don't mean to teach their kids incorrectly. They're just teaching what they know.
2: Mm-hmm. They're
1: doing the best job they can. It's, I don't know, our society needs to drop and stop teaching fear and come from love.
2: I agree. And
1: Stop teaching worry. Worry doesn't fix anything. If you ever think about anything you ever worried about, did it fix it? Did it make it better? Did it make it go away? No,
0: absolutely not. It just made it just made my fear multiply uh, tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> just made it worse. A
1: headache, a headache, And it's so there's a book out on the market called "Your Body Believes Every Word You Say."
2: Huh?
1: And it and it talks about how people who have jobs and they hate their job and they'll say that I can't stand this job. Okay, then their back hurts because your body interprets it literally. And so your feet start hurting or your back start hurting. It's really interesting when you study. I've studied Ayurvedic healing. I've studied Chinese herbs, every religion on the planet, to find answers for myself.
0: Okay. and I love And I love hearing that too because for myself it it is important for me to always you know be reading and researching and just so i can better really just understand what's going on with me but then i find it that you know this is valuable for everyone not not just me especially when we're talking about peace and love and and, and, and leading with that not not this other nonsense that's out there about trying to separate us as as people and just and 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 to divide us through hatred and fear and by having yeah. us do things that that don't fulfill us, so I, I love everything that you're talking about. As far as even the book you just brought up, mm-hmm. your body believes every word you say, and I, I think that's something that's for not is is a a phenomenon that that needs to be changed. And and having people do the things that that fulfill them. Do you have any insights, if you will? Or any suggestions about how to bring that 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 yearning out of people the, for doing things that they want to love? I know you mentioned the thing about uh, how most people don't love their jobs; really, they hate what they do. How do they get? Mm. How do they get out of that hating of what they do and begin transitioning to doing the things that they love?
1: Well, the best thing they can do is to wake up. Mm. Most walk around asleep. I mean, you think you're awake, but you're just sleepwalking through your job for however many years until you retire, until you do this, and you get married, you have kids, and the cycle repeats itself. And you've got to wake up. What do you like to do? What is your passion? What you know, One of my passions is speaking. One of my passions is teaching. And Getting these words out. Uh, I know I'm on my life's journey right now, so I try to assist other people. Okay, what is your passion?
2: Mm-hmm. What
1: do you like to do? I used to tell my middle schoolers, I said, "Do what you love to do, and the money will come." Yes. You know, because they would. I I taught mostly in the inner city, and uh, they would say, "Oh, I'm going to be a star basketball player or whatever," and I said, "That's fine." I said, but let's get some schooling in case that doesn't work out. Right? I said, you've got to do what you love to do and the money will come because the universe and God are going to reward you for doing what you love to do. You never get rewarded for doing something that you don't like. You don't get rewarded for yelling at somebody. Mm -hmm. You don't get rewarded for, you know – people stay late at their jobs and then they come home this all-suffering martyr oh I stay so late well (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't you know we're taught so many incorrect things by our society and we have got to wake up our entire planet has to wake up or it's going to cease to exist
0: so so talk about that when because to me it sounds like you've been waking up for, for a very long time and and have been awoke. What what was that process like for you? Um, just to hear hear your background on that when when you were like I gotta wake up and 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 do something uh, the things that fulfill me.
1: Oh, it's a, it was a process. Uh-huh. Uh I I was married to my first husband. We had a daughter, and then. Uh, He woke up one morning and said he didn't love me anymore and left. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see that coming. Right. And then I moved back to Atlanta with my daughter. And of course, still hadn't woken up. And I started going to the Atlanta Awareness Center. And a friend of mine uh, teaches over there, uh, Pat Zerman, uh, Dr. Pat Zerman. Okay. And she teaches a book called A Course in Miracles which I highly recommend to everybody.
0: Say that one more it's time. A
1: three volume, it's a three-volume set of books, mm-hmm. A Course in Miracles, and it totally changed my life. I mean, it totally teaches you to see things differently. And at that point in studying with Pat and uh, at the Awareness Center in Atlanta, and if you're in Atlanta, I highly recommend you checking it out. hmm that it is, was just oh, after that. It was one step after another, and of course, when I was diagnosed with DMS, I thought, okay, how can I approach this with love? Right. You know. And can you just and,
0: just to clarify too, when you say approaching it uh, with love, because I know we brought that up a couple of times. Can can you give a little more insight onto? you know exactly what that means to to approach a situation of what what could be perceived as a negative situation um, with that love and care that we talked about earlier
1: okay well first of all you're going to step back and you're going to respond not react okay. most people will react all of a sudden you're going to take a deep breath if you're given a diet let's say you're given a diagnosis of whatever right you step back take a deep breath And you respond. And what I did when I was diagnosed with MS is I went home the next day and I called the National MS Society. Okay. I asked them to send me all their literature. Of course, this was 1986. But they sent me this big packet of literature, and it was the most not-awful packet of literature I'd ever seen in my life. Wow. Now, my middle schoolers would tell you I don't get angry often, but when I get angry... (laughs) You need to step out of my way. Mm-hmm. So I called them, and I said, how dare you send me this package of this horrible literature? And they said, well, I, well we hate to tell you. And I said, well, I hate to tell you, and I just slammed the phone down. <laughs> took that literature, and this is 86. And, of course, I didn't have a shredder back then, but I tore it by hand up and put it in the trash. Wow. And what I teach people is what I was doing, is I was buying out of that negative picture okay and I wasn't saying that I didn't have it I was saying I can handle it I'll have my own case of MS you know I have a Mary Ellen case of MS I don't have a different case I can deal with it and it's been difficult from time to time there have been bad days I've had a lot of pain with my particular case and when it's hot I Like I said, I work out a lot, and the people I work out with know that I have to stand by the fan because if I get too hot, I'll start losing my eyesight or my balance, and I usually just laugh it off. Right. You know? Because, again, you coach it with love. You know, and one of these days, will it get me? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. That's not for me to say. But right. I know every step of the way, I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. And I'm going to approach it with love, and I'm going to teach as many people as I can to come from love instead of fear. Yeah, you know, I post the truth of the day on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and uh, what else, Pinterest and everything every day. Monday through Friday, I post the truth of the day, mm-hmm. and I don't post the truth, I try to explain it. Okay. So if your listeners want to follow me on either Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. At Twitter I'm at Ask Mary Ellen. Uh they can follow my truths for the day and um I've got forty six hundred on Facebook and thirty four thousand on Twitter or whatever.
0: That's awesome. So yeah, what was those what were those? It's uh Ask Mary Ellen.
1: At Ask is mm-hmm. Twitter. Facebook, of course, just goes under my name, Mary Ellen Siganovich. If you can spell it, C I G A N O V I C H, and then of course on Instagram, it would be the same thing. Pinterest. If you can go, you can go to my web page, which is www.askmaryellen.com, dot com, mm-hmm. and it has all the little links there.
0: That's awesome. So, talking about you know your book because I have it right here. And again, thank you for sending um, sending that over to me. On, um, in particular, is there any passage you know from your book that that stands out to you that that you can um, discuss and read? Well, like I said, I think everybody needs the
1: first. The first vignette is awareness because mm-hmm. I think that's what everybody needs. Awareness is actually in here twice because I heard it twice. So there's okay. an awareness better in the book. But I, I really think everybody needs to start with that and or else fear the second one. Any of them in here you can flip to and you can learn something. You, what I ask people to do with the book is pick it up and read the whole thing. Okay. It's a small little book, 73 vignettes. Put it down and think about what you read. Then in your quiet time with God the next day, open the book and flip to one of them. Read that and keep it with you all day as you go through your day. Come back in the evening and reread it to see what you learned about you because that's what your life's all about.
0: That's incredible. And so thanks for sharing that. And I'm just looking at the back of it. and It talks about how, how you teach, you know, living loving and learning and, learning. and mm-hmm, i think that was a lot of of what we were discussing today about making sure that you live you know your life to mm. where where you feel it can go and and just not necessarily not feel but be with that knowing have uh mm. go from the knowing and then also loving and you talk about how you approach everything with love, even even the toughest challenges and, and how that helps you, you know, move through. And then also that learning. Um I think that's also very valuable, important that that we use that as a part of our lives as well. And even just plug into different things that that are helpful. So for you, what what does this look like when you're traveling around and, and you're interacting with others and teaching them you know, about the, about the things that, that are important to you to spread?
1: Well, unless I'm doing a speaking seminar or whatever, mm-hmm. usually when I'm just around people, it's interesting because God puts people in front of me that need to hear what I have to say. Okay. Whether I'm in the drugstore or grocery store or whatever. And, um, uh, it'll just, all of a sudden something will happen and then, I'll share a truth with them or whatever. Other than that, I observe people mm-hmm. try to approach everything with as much love as possible. You know, I, like I'm human, like anybody else, and I do have have my bad days. My friends laugh because you know, I'm having a bad day at the club or something. They'll say, "Hey, Mary Ellen, we got a good book you can read." <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, "Yeah, thanks." <laughs> Because there are times when, you know, you get down or you, you know, you get tired of putting this monster back in his cave, you know, and you get, but but you can't let that get you down. You can't let allow the societal teachings to control you. Mm. You have to take charge of your life and you have to live your passion and if you're not living your passion, if you're not going to if you're working and you're not working with joy in your heart, find something else. Mhm. Because do you got you have to do what you love to do and the money will come. You have to stick with that.
0: That's incredible to hear that and just for you to, you know, summarize what what it means to to be fully, you know, living and. And, and And what it is that you're teaching, so I'm glad I was able to you know hear about your story and and I've learned a lot from what you were saying and just had a lot of ahas you know throughout this episode and there's two questions well actually three questions left that I want to ask um the first is what's next for you what is what do you have coming up that we can look out for um when we go to your website or, or check you out on Facebook or Twitter and Pinterest?
1: Well, I have a lot of people asking me to put the truth of the day into a book. Okay. So I've been writing them since 2011. So I've mm-hmm. got, I have plenty of them Wow. and I haven't written through the end of this year. So probably next year I'll sit down and get those together and have a, daily devotional truth of the day book come out okay i have some exercises to go with healing words life lessons to inspire so i thought about doing a companion book with this of exercises so people could buy the book and the activity book and so that they could wake up to themselves i've got a lot of different ideas It's just you know getting the energy and balancing my health and everything else with doing it. Yeah, I really want to get. I would love to see somebody hear our interview, Blake, or Mm -hmm. copy of healing words and say because I know everybody. I have not had anybody say anything negative about it. Wow! And I would like somebody to pick it up on a TV show on a national program on whatever, and say, hey, this thing is to get out to everybody.
0: Absolutely. I 100%, 100% agree because I've been reading through it. And it's just like, like you said, you know, you can read through it and uh, all at once and then and then put it down and, and, and think about what it was that that was inside those uh, vignettes, inside of those pages. And then just look look at one and keep that one that you turned to on that particular day. Uh, with you throughout the day and you'll just even start noticing the the effects that that this book can provide you know with with the short messages that it provides because that's really all it is is just focusing on on the positivity and and the self-love that that just radiates Mm -hmm. from you know from Mary Ellen's book and I, I definitely do think it is something that that needs to be Everywhere, so I will continue to you know talk about it when I when I'm with people because this is you know but I just love sharing what it is that everyone is doing and this is definitely something that i I, I am proud to have um on on the show and and will' also make sure that others see it as well and then um the second of uh three questions I have left for you is. You know call to action you know we talked about being aware um loving and and um spirituality and just you know leading from that knowing as opposed from as opposed to from the the belief what is your your call to action for us moving forward as far as um uh what it is that we can do today that would bring us closer to you know fulfilling our life's yearnings
1: come from love always no Mm -hmm. matter what's in front of you come from a loving attitude an unconditional love a a love with no motives no judgments no expectations no assumptions 99 percent of all assumptions are always false you know when you look at somebody and you say well gee they must have a great life well yeah they might now but they might have worked really hard to get there, too. So, you know, don't assume things about people. Mm-hmm. No. Don't give a gift expectation back, especially mm-hmm. during this holiday season when you're around your family, and families dig up more junk from, for us than anybody else. Right. Approach that family situation with love and say, well, you know, Uncle Uncle Joe over there is old and he's hard of hearing, so... You know, let's speak up for him or let's treat him with kindness. You know, he's been through a lot in his life. You know, and don't allow people to run over you either. You do have to stand up for yourself. And you Mm -hmm. can stand up for yourself in a loving way. Hmm.
0: Can you, can you. You
1: I think many people, I think women in particularly, give and give and give and do and do and do. And don't mm -hmm. take that five minutes for themselves during the day. You've got to have time for yourself during the day, just to wind down, just to meditate, just to sit quietly, to take a walk, whatever works for you. And just always approach a situation in a loving way.
0: No, I love that you said that. And and take before I ask the last question too, I think there was something there that you said was um, very powerful and just wanna unpack it just a little. When you talk about um, leading with love, but also, you know uh, standing up for yourself how, how, how do you uh, how do you mean that when you talk about that and in regards to love but doing it um, kindly?
1: Well, you can say, okay, you can approach somebody and say, okay, what I Mary Ellen need from you, Blake, is to whatever if okay. you it, then you're taking ownership for it. Mm -hmm. What I need for me from you is, okay, Mm -hmm. I need for me from you is to maybe help me in the kitchen, bring Mm -hmm. the dishes in. You see what I'm saying? So you're not yelling at somebody. It's all, I used to teach my middle floors, you could say anything to anybody as long as you say it the right way. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can go tell him to jump off a cliff, you just can't do it that way
0: <laughs> right, no, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that so thanks, thanks for sharing that too and then the final question that I have is, what is your definition of fulfilling life's yearnings?
1: My definition would be to live your passion to do what you love to do life life is way too short to waste on doing something that you don't like to do or, you know, trudging to work or fighting traffic or whatever you don't like about your day or whatever. You've got to do what you love to do. And if you don't know what you love to do, sit down, be quiet. You know, God speaks to all of us. Most people don't hear them because they're talking too. And you can't hear somebody when you're also talking right so in order to hear god to hear the universe however you want to say that sit down and be quiet and allow in your knowings, not in your beliefs not in your ego system in your knowings allow it to come to you and then your ego system will come up with well but you can't do that because of this but this but that and if this happens drop all those drop the ifs drop the buts. drop the camps if in your knowings you know that's what you love to do if you know your passion is that live it live your passion every single day because you don't know this might be your last day we very, never know
0: very true that is words of wisdom and and life lessons to inspire. That was Mary Ellen Teganovich. And I just want to say thank you so much for you know coming on and, and sharing your message with, with me and the listeners today. It it really means a lot because I was able to, you know, learn learn what it is um what I can do to fulfill life's yearnings. Uh even today when I leave this episode with you. So I just want to thank you for that and applaud you as well for for the work that you do and, and being willing and open to sharing your experiences first of all and then also taking the time to go out into the community in, in, in your world and, and just spread those positive messages so that other people can also, you know, have a, a life full of love and and be able to heal themselves and have that 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 spiritual connection so that we can all just just inspire and and do the things that that will wake us up every day as opposed to things that make us want to you know not be here so thank you for that and and again this is Blake Suley with Fulfilling Life's Yearnings and, and Mary Ellen, thank you so much for coming well, on. I
1: appreciate it, Blake. It's been a real joy speaking with you. I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely. So everything that we talked about today will be included in the show notes. And so until next time, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the home page, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.